the groom rocked up in a sort of like traditionally created original medieval suit of armour and then his fiance had like this big Japanese kimono thing with sort of three foot angel wings and they just went into a tent and got married in a circle of swords and then as they walked out everybody took a sword and they sort of walked out along a giant uh, like aisle of medieval swords. Welcome to the Yes Do I Do podcast, your weekly wedding planning show hosted by Jack Brister and Chris Piercy. Hello and welcome to Yes Do I Do, your wedding planning podcast. My name is Jack Brister and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Chris Piercy. Today, we were joined by Sophie from Digital Bohemia and I'm not entirely sure what happened. Uh, we spoke about videography, the importance of videography and dinosaurs and yeah, I think you'd probably just better off listening to the episode. Here it is. So I think I would be right in saying that Sophie from uh, Digital Bohemia is probably the only wedding supplier you're ever, ever likely to find who wears a dress with dinosaurs on it at a wedding fair. Do you agree, Sophie? You, just, you can't go wrong with dinosaurs. You can't. What's your favourite dinosaur, Jack? He probably doesn't have one, but... Uh, I, I, I can honestly say that I wasn't expecting to get this question 27 seconds into the podcast. <laughs> um, my favourite favorite dinosaur? I've never really thought about it. Probably something like... Um, what's the really big one? The one with the long neck? Looks a bit like a, a green giraffe. The Diplodocus. Yeah, that one. The Chompasaurus. Yeah. Chompasaurus. Yeah, that yeah, the Trumpasaurus. Let's go. That's a far better name. I'm going with that one. Yeah, the Biff. That one. The Biffosaurus is a pretty good as well. You know, the ones with their skull plates and they just go around biffing people. I like those guys as well. Is that the actual <laughs> name for it, or is that the name you give it? That's the name. That's the name. Then you've got the Clobosaurus that clubs them with their big fat tails. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we're learning so much. But I, I think the. The, the real message here for me is the fact that, um, Sophie, you kind of stand out as being someone uh, fun and that kind of comes through in your work, right? I think I, do, I don't I don't go out of my way to be fun. I think I'm just a little bit uh, odd and I'm not very good at <laughs> <laughs> dulling down the odd. But I think that's, that's quite nice in a way. I'm not very good at standing at wedding fairs and being really professional and and selling myself, being like, this is my business, this is blah, 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 blah. We just end up talking about dinosaurs and tea. And But I think that's good because you kind of want to get to know the stranger that's going to be with you at your wedding for the whole day. So I think it lends itself quite well. Or they just think yeah, I'm really weird. Saying... <laughs> yeah, and I guess if they, if they think you're really weird, then they're not the right customer for you. But I remember you saying to me... Um, at a wedding fair recently, which say which one? That at the end of the day, um, some people I'd sent up to see you had come and said, "Come to see you," and said, "Oh God, you're you're so much more fun." That other videographer guy was really really boring, and you know, yeah. I felt there's no, there's no point whispering if we were recording. <laughs> I, know. I felt a little bit bad, but I think that's the point, isn't it? Your wedding film was supposed to be a reflection of of your day. So the people that you book, the videographers and the photographers, you you 
want to have an exact reflection of of what your day is some people like super romantic blush pink everything in slow-mo um and then some people we've had a wedding where where the couple that we've had had the uh dj from aruba down and just ran around the new forest with the horses and smoke bombs and stuff and just wouldn't sit still all day so you've got to make sure that the (laughs) film that you create for them is a is a reflection of of what actually happened otherwise there's not really much point is there i don't know well yeah there's no i I guess that you know when when you're hiring anyone for the wedding as we've said a million times on the podcast already they've got to fit in with like you and they've got to you've got to get their vibe and they've got to get your vibe um so the the people coming along who are having the um the wedding where they want everything kind of flowery and pink and fluttery you know maybe you're not quite the right fit for them but maybe you are um whereas the people who are having the in the forest wedding where everyone's going crazy and running around in grass skirts or i don't know i'm just making up as they go along then like they're gonna they're gonna get you they're gonna get your style and go yeah you're definitely the person for me right absolutely and i think that like my ideal couple is someone whose wedding film is authentic to who they are you don't have to get married in a church and have a reception in a hotel or or the the local community center anymore you can literally do whatever the hell you want you can do anything so take advantage of that you can you can get married anywhere you can have it it's a party it is it is a serious and legally binding event but after that it's a party and you're just celebrating yourselves as a couple and being happy together so if it's the best party you're ever going to have do it exactly exactly how how you like and and let it show the things that you love and who you guys are together I don't think we could agree with that sentiment anymore. And I think that it's you know something that happens time and time again on the podcast is saying that it, like, there are certain traditions that people kind of feel like they have to follow and there are certain, you know, but basically once you're married, it, you're done. You know, you can, you can literally do anything that you exactly. want whatsoever. And, and you know, the part of the, part of it is as well is with regards to the actual getting married side of things you could actually get married the day before at a registry office and just pay the fee there and then you could have a, a ceremony conducted by someone dressed as Darth Vader Precisely. Um, and in the middle of a forest so it wouldn't be a legally binding thing or whatever at that part but at that point you're already married exactly so, it's all so kind go of, for it go for it go crazy go nuts and you know do mental stuff that is your type of crazy because you know the the, your partner fell in love with that type of crazy exactly. and you fell in love with their part. Because everyone's got their own box of crazy and no one shows anyone the rest of that box of crazy apart from to their partner normally and maybe kind of a close friend. Uh, and at that point, you're going to go, cool, let's compare, compare our boxes of crazy and this is what the wedding is going to come out of. Exactly. Rather than going, okay, you have to wear white, I have to wear black, these people have to wear this. No, you do like, Go crazy, do whatever do you want. Do everything. I think the best one that I had, uh, the groom rocked up in a sort of like traditionally created original medieval suit of armor and then his fiance had like this big japanese kimono thing with sort of three foot angel wings 
and they just went into a tent and got married in a circle of swords and then as they walked out everybody took a sword and they sort of walked out along a giant uh like aisle of medieval swords it was brilliant it was exactly what you would expect from them and it was everybody loved it it was but then the same if you're a very quiet person and you do just want a traditional christian ceremony and and have it have a you know a small affair or a local affair then that is just as valid as having a crazy sword party it's the point is that it's exactly what you want and don't let other people sway you on what you think you should have what you should have is what you want to have and then that's basically the end of the argument and you just go from there <laughs> so in terms of um videography I mean, i'm i could be wrong here but i'm guessing you as a as a child you didn't think to yourself i want to be a videographer when i grow up uh for, for weddings um or no how, how did you kind of find your way into it i started what did i want to be i wanted to do um study oceanography and be a shark conservationist in south africa <laughs> that's where i started Very... um and then um i didn't do oceanography because i wasn't very good at chemistry it nailed the physics and the biology but the chemistry was a no-go so i just went and did a random degree in a media culture and society where you study anything that you can think of and i had like a little student tv station and that was really fun and then i decided that i wanted to make uh documentaries i wanted to go and shoot river monsters out in the amazon and things like that um and then sort of fell into wedding film but it was just such a nice atmosphere it was such a lovely thing to be able to capture and i think doing the master's degree in documentary style cinema cinema cinematography really helped with that because you could just be a camera ninja and and sort of like lurk on the edge that sounds really sinister, doesn't it, for wedding films lurking? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the my whole point is sort of the opposite of the photographer, where the photographer may pose you and they shout to get all the groups together. I am sort of the antithesis of that. I I try and be as as unobtrusive and unnoticeable as possible, and then that way, that's how I manage to get sort of the real, authentic moments and what actually happens because if you've got a big camera in your face you're not going to be acting naturally you're going to be really self-aware and the whole whole point is to just capture what really happens so if you can't see me that (laughs) that helps a lot yeah uh, i think if there's anyone lurking at your wedding then they should not definitely have an invite at least (laughs) exactly (laughs) can you stop lurking Stop lurking, please. This is a wedding. I have no lurking here. No lurking. Um, lurking is bad. <laughs> I think that that's kind of what you said in terms of kind of falling into the, the wedding industry. I mean, I think that I, I can't think of any wedding suppliers that I know that have said to me that that's what they wanted to do forever. You know, I mean, Jack, I'm guessing that you were the same. You just kind of fell into it. Yeah, I, I did. Um, it wasn't what I wanted to do when I was growing up. Having said that, though... I was at a wedding. You probably wanted to be Mickey Mouse when you grew up. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually wanted to be an architect, but then I was rubbish at drawing, so that was the end of that. Um, 
But yesterday I was at a wedding fair and there was a, a girl. I was next to a cake stand, which is always the best place to be, I find, because you get all the free cake always. at the end of it. And um, a girl, a little girl with her mum, she was probably about six. The girl, not the mum, obviously, um, went up <laughs> to the cake stand and said that she wanted to be a cake maker for weddings when she grew up. That's what she wanted to do. Mm. So it is sometimes it does happen, but I've never met anyone that's currently in the profession who has always wanted to do it since they were kids. I was I did have a question and then you answered it while you were while I was thinking of that question. So that oh, I'm so kind of what sorry. It was the the question was kind of what how would you describe your style? But then you went on to say you had the the degree in uh, documentary style. So I'm guessing that's that's how you would describe your style is kind of ninja. I mean, ninja is something that's come up a lot in the podcast with photographers uh, as being not actually in the wedding, so you can't be seen. Um, but you're you're still there capturing the moments, which I think is a really nice thing to do, and I think is key if you're certainly trying to capture that documentary style. I, I think that just a lot of photographers and videographers just like the idea of being a ninja. I think so. Oh, I yeah. think that's what they really secretly wanted to be growing up, isn't it? They just wanted to be a ninja. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then they just find themselves in the profession that they can loosely describe themselves as a ninja um, and then you know they kind of can half tick that box as being a, a life goal completed absolutely or, all wedding photographers are secretly ninjas shh don't bust us <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so that's going to be Jack's um, dead body found tomorrow morning of some Chinese star shaped throwing weaponry <laughs> in the neck <laughs> well it can't be tomorrow that'd be too obvious got to leave it, it leave be. it a couple of months at least well, not that I want you I'm to be on ninja. edge. I don't know how these things work. I don't know how these hits work. I'm a, I'm just I'm just the magician. <laughs> like, I, oh, there's got to be links there. <laughs> potentially, potentially. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something, Jack. Sorry. No, no, I had nothing. Something you were going to say. So what's the uh, what's the process of because with a, with a, let me start the sentence again. With a photographer, they tend to have a lot of meetings with their couples, discuss the group shots they want to have, discuss the um, how things are going to work, and uh, the photographer gets uh, very involved with the timings of the day and when they're going to get taken off and stuff. Uh, with you or with videographers in general, perhaps, are you, do you have the same that same level of contact, or do you just kind of rock up and you know follow it follow the day as it happens? Uh, so I always, always buy for like an initial consultation. I think it is really important to meet face to face beforehand. So you can say, yes, this is the weird stranger that I want with me all day at, at my wedding. Because I think, think they're very, uh, it is a very private and intimate party that you're getting invited to. So you want to make sure that the strangers you're having in are your kind of strangers, if that sort of makes sense. Um, yep. And we sort of discuss what it is they're after, what what they're into, what's really important to them, so that I make sure that in my camera injuring, I take the time to make sure that I have got little bits and pieces of things that are really important to them that I might not have 
not have thought about like they have a auntie coming from Australia or their next door neighbor did all the table displays things like that um but usually we just have the one face-to-face meeting and then throughout the planning they just sort of uh drop in with a phone call or an email saying oh yes this is really important oh yes we forgot to tell you about this um and then i await the the sort of schedule that they've come up with with their photographer so i'm aware of all my timings for the day and i can let my second shooter know where to go and if they've got to go around the boy's house to capture the cufflinks and the early morning shots of fireball things like that um, but I sort of then I don't really see them until until the handover because I try and be unobtrusive and I try and keep out the way. I just, just as long as I know everything that is supposed to be happening at a certain time, then I can just sort of I don't know what a word for this is. Lurk. No, we can't say lurk. <laughs> <laughs> ninja. Can ninja. Ninja. Can ninja. Two ninja. Ninja is definitely a verb. Excellent. It is now. <laughs> yeah, we've turned it into one. That's good enough in my book. Absolutely. Um, so you say you have your meeting with the the couple. How? Because obviously you're all about the weird and the wacky and the and the slightly odd. How involved do you get with helping them perhaps find their inner weird? If if they feel, if you feel like they're the right people, you can get that information from. Like how. Do you, do you get involved in that and help extract the weirdness for their day? I think I have in some cases, but I think it's more accidental. Like, I just, yeah. I'm really awkward. And <laughs> the things that come out of my mouth sometimes shouldn't come out of my mouth. Like, I'll get really overexcited. One of, we had a couple where one of them wanted their dog to come. And I got really overexcited about the idea of having a dog to play with all day. So I was like, yeah, you can do this. And then you can put the dog in this. And then the dog can do this. And you can give this job to the dog. And by the end of it, the groom was super, super excited that he might have his dog there. And the bride was like, dear Lord, no dogs. We've got children. We don't need dogs as well. Yeah, If you haven't uh, heard Laura Dean's uh, story about a dog at a wedding, um, <laughs> then, uh, then check out her episode. It's, uh, oh, it's uh, it, it, one of the most horrendous uh, stories we've had on the podcast in terms of, um, well, just just up there with the worst, right? It's just, it, um, it is, and I mean, I'm really happy to hear when someone on the pod on a podcast says some things that come out out of my mouth really shouldn't come out of my mouth <laughs> on, a, on an audio show. It's always quite yes. encouraging. <laughs> but I think that's it's quite a nice thing though because I think that you know if you would probably not feel that comfortable saying those things if you weren't com- comfortable with the couple sure. and sometimes it takes those kind of um, Freudian slips or whatever you want to call them or um, malapropisms or whatever that end up you say and someone says something a bit weird and then the other people then go oh I feel like I can be a bit more open about this thing now and then you know that's where great conversations start i think and and that's where great ideas come from i i think uh can i ask you a really controversial question bearing in mind i'm going to ask this anyway regardless of your answer (laughs) crack on so um if a couple came to you and said you've we've got this much left in the budget i want to we're either going to book a videographer or a photographer 
You can't ask that. I, I just am. Uh, what what would you what would you say, and uh, what would what would be your answer to that? Oh no, you can't ask that because so many of my recommendations come from photographers. That's fine. But, so, you know, so if seeing... I'm like, whoa, videos are way better. You don't even need a photographer. Then I feel like I've no, this, put a, this is an entirely put a no, I, I don't. I don't think it's so much that, but I, I do think that couples um, instantly think photographer, and they've got to have a photographer. And I do agree that they have got to have a photographer. So I wouldn't be su- suggesting that by saying you prefer video that they shouldn't have a photographer. But in an entirely hypothetical situation where they're choosing between the two, what are basically what are the real advantages of having a videographer that you kind of just don't get with photography? I think that having a wedding film. I think it just gives an an additional layer, like having the photos. So you've got something beautiful on your wall that that reminds you of your day. And also photographers help me out a lot because they'll take the couples off on a couples shoot and they'll sort of instigate certain things throughout the day. So maybe they'll do a little bit of posing with the couples when they go off for some sunset shoot and that's really great for me to be able to take advantage of and then sort of interpret in my own way and then create film around there. But I think that where video and photographs differ is that there's sort of an, an additional layer to, to video, whereas this is really hard. Like, I just think video is awesome because, especially when you've got little people or if you've got grandparents and things, it's so nice to be able to see the physical interaction and to to hear them talking and hear the funny stuff that your grandpa comes out with or see the kids being absolute nutters with oversized Jenga. And I think it just gives sort of a, a, a deeper emotional attachment to the memory. I think it's it's yeah. really nice to be able to have that like literally have a snap it of a, of a memory but be able to see it and see how everyone interacts with each other and i think it's i think video is a bit more um, i think you get more emotion from video than you do from photos i mean i try yeah, and make think... everyone cry with my videos that's the main aim make somebody <laughs> cry <laughs> my job <Making>. is done <laughs> Happy cry. Happy. Oh yes, please. Jeez, yes, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess with the the with video, you've got the visual side of it, but then you've got movement, and then you've also got audio as well. So you're kind of combining a couple more elements that are above what photography has. And not to say that I'm slating photography at all. Like I said, this was a deliberately controversial question. <laughs> um, so I'm just wondering how it works in terms because I've um, I've hired videographers myself before for. Uh, shooting wedding showreels and stuff like that for me um, and they kind of when they'll, they'll come back to me with something rather than I'll say actually could it be a bit more like this or I don't like that shot so do, how much um, once you've done and do you do like a draft edit you send over to them and they're allowed to make changes or do you just go this is your wedding film uh, I usually I'll create the film and I will just just send it out and people are generally 
quite happy with that. I think you sort of gauge the couples. You have some couples that want a little bit more control over the final product. And if that's the case, I'm more than happy to put it up privately on Vimeo and let them have a watch watch through first just in case they've got any changes. And we do include include a, a round of changes mm. in a within the within the package prices that we have. But uh I think usually I manage to get it quite spot on in terms of, of the shots that we use in the music and the and the, the speed of editing. But I think that comes from just having all the conversations beforehand and, and understanding the couple and reading what what's important to them and, and trying to recreate the like the vibe of their day through the editing. I guess the other thing is they won't have had access to what footage is not in there, whereas you will have been through the hours and hours of footage and picked out what you consider to be the best, so they perhaps won't have an idea of what's not there, whereas you you would perhaps. Absolutely. I think it takes probably three days just to go through all of the footage, picking out the usable wow. bits and syncing up all the audio. So the first week is just prep before you can even crack on with the actual cutting and sticking it's mad that's i mean that that's a an undertaking i think i guess even even once you have the knowledge and the expertise that obviously you've got and the experience all those kind of things it still takes that long to get all of that stuff sorted just shows the amount of work that you have to put in to create something like that but i've got a question based around so photographers have those kind of like standard shots they have to get of the you know just kind of the group shots and the bridegrooms shots those kind of things are there anything any like video shots that you would consider things you have to get at every wedding or is for you every wedding so different that you don't have any standard shots you feel you have to get don't miss the first kiss it's probably a good idea remember to press play for the ceremony um there there are the standard ones that everybody everybody wants so you obviously have to have shots of the first dance shots from the ceremony things like that but uh, i'm always just looking for little bits of pieces that i always get really overexcited when i manage to film honeybees on plants got my second shooter sam and we sort of have a competition who can get the first like insect shots not that they always go in, but we're like, Sam, I've got the bumblebee. And then we can move on. Let's get pretty excited about that. Or I saw a snail at Soppy Mill the other day and it had the most awesome shell. So I spent a couple of minutes hanging out with a snail. Which is why we've always got two videographers because if someone gets distracted with bugs, you've got someone filming the actual humans. So that's always good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's those, those little things. I wasn't necessarily thinking snails, if I'm perfectly honest, but it's those little things that... Um, kind of, you can really, really easily miss on the day, and this is this is something that kind of came out kind of quite um, obviously when we had uh, Tom and Murray on from A Thousand Words Photography, because we were talking about the importance of uh, having a second shooter, um, and you know having a videographer and then maybe a second shooter as well. You've potentially got a third and fourth shooter as well, um, and but like there's little kind of little things like uh, kids playing together or it's uh, insect on a plant or it's a kind of uh, 
the red arrow flying over or you know whatever it might be there's something that's kind of happening in the moment that could be so easily missed um that couples then just get to see that kind of moment again um or moment for the first time because they you can only be in one place at once with one set of eyes so i'm not saying book 10 photographers but i think you get what but I at mean. least two you, you <laughs> two's, two's a good start right <laughs> yeah I, I did go to one with six photographers once it was just Ooh. silly yeah um, it didn't it didn't make any sense i think and there, there's, <laughs> yeah i think i think you definitely want two people especially from a filming point of view where you're expected to film continuously throughout the ceremony and the and the speeches i mean i i i'm not the the cheapest videographer but i feel that my prices are justified for the the quality of work i produce but by having the the price level that i'm at i think that in order to be able to get the highest quality film you do need two mobile camera ops wandering around the idea of having a full camera set up but just me terrifies me because what if it's not recording or i've had a a wedding guests pick up a camera and move it out the way whilst I've been stood next to it filming the speeches like you just can't and I'm too my anxiety is far too high to just leave a camera and just hope that it's doing the job that I want it to like I think two camera ops is absolutely intrinsic to creating a high quality wedding film I guess it's it's the the different angles and it's the kind of like you said the uniqueness of the unique perspective that that, that person's going to have. Uh, just wondering, um, this has probably come out in the quick fire questions, which we'll do in just a minute. But in terms of kind of, presumably, I could go out and buy a video camera tomorrow and then set myself up and say I'm a video wedding videographer, and there's nothing to stop me from doing that. But presumably, I mean, uh, the qualifications that you've got are they kind of industry standard, or you know, are you kind of above and beyond qualified in terms of the technical aspects of things i think there is a a mixture out there of people that have you know got a ba in in film or television production and and then have just gone down the the route of wedding films and then i think that there are some people that buy cameras start it off as a hobby and then are self-taught so i had a undergrad degree and then because I wanted to go off and film River Monsters I got a master's degree in digital cinematography so I feel like from a qualifications point of view I'm pretty uh pretty well-rounded and from a technical point of view I I know what I'm doing but I guess it's up to you whether you want to spend the money on on the education and the degrees or if you you teach yourself but at the end of the day it's about creativity and imagining the story and then being able to create a film that that is the embodiment of the of the story that you've got in your head so I think as long as you know how you're using the camera properly it's your skills as a creative person and a and a storyteller that I think are, are really important. Would you say that for a bride and groom looking to book a videographer, 
they should be considering the qualifications or do you think getting to know them as a person is more important than the, than the qualifications necessarily? I think it puts people at ease when you say a difference between walking in and say, oh, I've got a, a master's degree in how to make sure that I shoot your wedding the best technical way I can and someone saying, oh, it's, you know, it's just a, it's a hobby so I just sort of teach myself, I think, upon hearing that, when you're when you're looking at spending hundreds and thousands of pounds on something, I think it's more uh it's more reassuring first off. But then again you've also gotta you've gotta like the person. You could have all the qualifications, but if you're really, really dull or you just film in a very, very sort of corporate style way, your corporate work is absolutely banging but you you lack the sort of creative essence or the storytelling ability then then it sort of is a bit rubbish <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that the the best kind of the best kind of films and the most successful tv shows are the ones that make you feel things right so it's all very well uh, having the um the training it's all very well kind of being able to operate the camera correctly and know the right settings and know how to edit and stuff but you know it's I said I guess essentially bottom line is it comes down to the ability to recreate in just a few minutes what happened on a full day and get those emotions out again right absolutely you just want to make people feel how they felt on the day you want to make them feel yeah. awesome and and have it as the most authentic physical what's the word you want it to be like a physical example of of what actually happened i'm not good with words yeah. this is really hard <laughs> <laughs> ask me about buffy i will absolutely smash it <laughs> okay well i think that's going to move us on to our quick fire question oh no so <laughs> Question one, what would be your number one tip for booking a wedding videographer? I would definitely look around. Everybody's got a different style and a different way of how they, they go about things. So I pick someone whose style you like and then when you meet them, make sure that you like them because they're gonna be with you all day. You want someone that's gonna chill you out and make you laugh and be good at actually filming your day and turning it into a wedding film next question what is your best wedding story those people up in rugby were pretty ace the um yeah you're just ready just set up ready to film a wedding and you know it's gonna be out the box and then your friend walks around the corner in a full suit of armor like a giant viking horn of mead and he's like let's go let's go <laughs> you know it's gonna be a good day when a walking suit of armor turns up with a viking horn of mead can't go wrong i mean that and converse convert oh yeah no crack on con and conversely to that uh what would be your worst wedding story oh that's so much easier i had <laughs> <laughs> I had, in my second year, probably the single most terrifying bride 
I've ever met in my whole life. I've never been so scared of someone. Every All the suppliers were terrified of her. The florist was almost having a panic attack when she dropped the flowers off. She was just so hardcore. She, she screamed at the wedding planner halfway through the day, cried at everything, was really grumpy. Like, I think I'm good at my job, but it is really hard to make a happy wedding film when the bride looks like she wants to murder someone the whole day. I've never been so scared <laughs> in my life, ever. I think she probably needed something, Chris. Do you? Yes, perhaps if she had owned a copy of my book, Blissful Wedding Planner, Becoming <laughs> a Stoic Bride, she might not have been such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That woman needed more bliss in her life, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, uh, penultimately, I should say, Sophie, what is your number one wedding planning tip? Just do you. You can literally do whatever whatever comes out of your crazy little brain, you can have it as your as your wedding. There are no restrictions anymore. And the whole point of the day is that it should reflect you and your partner. So do whatever the hell you want and have dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are always have, good. And, just, just, even if it's a sneaky plastic model somewhere. Anywhere. Just have dinosaurs. Dinosaurs yeah. make everyone happy. Unless you're being eaten. Yeah. Well, yeah, apart from that, right? Apart We've all from seen that. Jurassic Park. Yes. <laughs> it's never a good so, idea. <laughs> never a good idea. Stop bringing them back to life. Absolutely. It's obvious. Yeah. And finally, um, our random question of the week. And I feel like because of the nature of this question, I'm going to answer this myself just to put you two at ease about answering it yourself. Sweet, okay? absolutely. Okay, I'm nervous already. Okay. <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you at work? And I'll, I'll, I'll lead off with this one. Okay, and I'll give you some time to think about your answer on this as well. Now, this is probably, it's not the most embarrassing that's ever happened in my life, but, and I'm, I'm so pleased that no one saw this because I, I, I was still mortified. Okay, so I, I was I was working. It was uh, it was a corporate event rather than a wedding, but you know the, what it was was not important. I the, it was upstairs where I had to go, so I went up this flight of stairs, and kind of went up this about ten stairs, walked forward, and then nearly walked into someone. I was like, oh, sorry, and then stepped to the side, and they stepped to the side, and stepped to the side. I was like, okay. I was like, oh, God, that you really look like oh. And I realised I was uh, I nearly walked into my reflection and apologised. And then quickly turned around, went up the other flight of stairs and basically just looked around and just made sure that no one had no one had seen me. But yeah, it was one of those times when you just like (laughs) if there was CCTV, that needs to be burned because. (laughs) No, I want that. I want that. Yeah, I need that in my life. We do. We can make it into yeah. an epic video. Yeah, so if, if anyone's feeling a little bit down or something bad's happened today, at least you've never had to apologise to your own reflection. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> so now you're at ease. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Uh, Jack, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you at work? It's a really good question. Um, is this, by the way, is this the question that you didn't want to no. ask last time? So we still got that question to come. We still got that question to come. Oh, God. Right, okay. 
basically I've you, you you suck at asking good random questions, so I've just taken on the role yeah, of I creating like the random questions. I, just, I can't I can't come up with things like this. This is not my area of expertise. I don't. I, have you got one? What an embarrassing sort of most no, an, an, thing that's happened. No, to an area of expertise. <laughs> is this is a hard question to answer. Sophie, do you have yours? Like I'm not too bad. I think. One thing that I do is the more nervous I am, the more like confuffly and and the more nervous I am, the friendlier I get. But then I just assume some I've got a really bad foot in mouth habit of thinking people are other people. But I get really excited because I'm so happy that I think I know who they are that I'll just be like, Oh my gosh, hi, how are you? You're thinking, aren't you? And they'll be like who be like, oh, you know, thingy's partner from this, and you do this and this and this. Like, I've got no, no clue who you are or what you're talking about <laughs> at all. Steve Manton Kelly's got a good one. I can dob him in. Steve Kelly from uh, Wedding Crashes. Oh. We were filming. Ooh. We weren't filming. We were at a uh, mummy tribe the other week, and uh, so where we were all looking after the little kids. And they were getting ready for a exercise class out on the lawn, and they had all of these weights and everything all on the floor. And uh, Stephen Danielle's little one Eddie was uh, picking up the weights and stuff, and and trying to be all weightlifty. And then Steve started doing weightlifting with her, just messing about. And as he leant down to pull up the weights, he just ripped the back of his trousers wide open on the top of the hill. And it was like the greatest moment of my whole week. It's like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna go and change. Magic, the best moment ever. That made my week. And it detracts from Jack. me. <laughs> yeah. Jack, come on. Yeah, I've got it now. I was trying to work out what it probably was. I think I have it. Um, Better be good now. Yeah, it's it's not. But I was at a charity. I think it was a charity event. Um, and this is a, this is right when I was starting out, really. So it's at a charity event, and I do a thing with a uh, borrowed ring. I put it on a string, and um, it disappears. All that kind of stuff. And I I was doing it, and then at one point. Um, the ring, unbeknownst to me, came flying off. I had no idea where it, what had happened. I carried on because it, essentially it disappears from my hand and ends up on my on my other hand's finger. So I make it disappear from from the left hand, and it doesn't reappear on my right hand. And I don't know why because <laughs> I think I've got it on there. So I go, "Is that your ring?" And there's nothing there. We then spend the next seven minutes trying to find this ring because no one knows where it's gone the whole table are on the floor hands and knees trying to find this ring eventually we found it uh but it was yeah i was how long did that seven minutes seem yeah it was awful yeah but like the the seven minutes that lasted six hours right yeah it it did it felt like it and and the guy who because it was uh, a woman's ring it was her wedding ring so the husband was not looking particularly impressed at me for the entirety of that time. I, the difficulty is with stuff like this as a magician is that it takes a lot to actually convince people that your trick has gone wrong. 
So I guarantee for the first minute and a half of that, they were yeah. going, oh yeah, Absolutely. this is part of the trick, isn't it? Yeah. This is part of the trick. And you're like, no, no, I've actually lost it. No, no. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, good one, mate. This is part of the trick, isn't it? Oh, like, no, no, actually, no, it's actually... Yeah. No, you're actually going to have to help me find this. I don't know where it is. Yeah. This is where you still want to find it first and sneak it to someone's drink and be like, yes! Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I didn't find it first. Oh, Someone else did. Burn. <laughs> and ta-da, it's in his hand over there. Cause he just can't ta-da. Hurry. Yeah. Didn't end well. No. <laughs> yeah. So um, that just leaves us to say thank you so much for joining us, Sophie. Uh, could you tell us how can people find out about you and your dinosaur-fueled business? I have a website, a real person grown-up website. Uh, videography.co.uk. I have Instagram I have Facebook they're normally serious and business related dinosaurs do sneak in quite a lot but uh, there is wedding stuff on there too <laughs> dinosaurs and weddings together at last Absolutely. and Jack if they want to find out about you how can they do such a thing uh, you can find me at www.theluxurymagician.com. You can find me on Facebook at Jack Brister, the Luxury Magician, or you can find me on Instagram at J Brister Magic. And Chris, if people want to find out more about you and what you do and all the things you have to offer, where can they do that? So my website is chrispiercymagic.co.uk. You can find me on Instagram, that's at chrispiercymagic, or search for Chris Piercy Magician on Facebook. I also have a book, Blissa Wedding Planning, Becoming a Stoic Bride, which is available on uh, Kindle. It's available on paperback and is now available on Audible as well. So if you do like hearing my voice and would like to hear me talking about how to stay calm whilst planning a wedding for six hours, then number one, you're crazy, but uh, this this is also available on Audible. Uh, and I think that's just about everything. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sophie, for joining us. And um, we'll be back next week. So that was Sophie from Digital Bohemia Wedding Videography. In next episodes, we have Tim from Next Level Music. And what was he chatting about, Jack? Well, we kind of had a, a very general discussion about uh, wedding bands what you need to be looking for when you're booking a band and things that kind of elevate a good band from a great band and what the differences are and how you can help pick a great band as opposed to just a good band yeah i think there was some also um i think also there were some great questions and great things to consider which from a technical point of view you will definitely not have thought of things about the difference between hearing a band live and uh, pre-recorded or mastered audio and things like that really great information that's going to help you decide on how you're going to sort out the musical entertainment for your wedding i tell you what i think we should put in a little teaser here get an mc uh, because we see so often brides and grooms running around trying to organise everything and trying to make sure that everybody's okay and it's not your job. It's your job to enjoy your day. Um, so get not a relative, not a not a groomsman or anything, Like just get a professional MC to make sure that everything's taken care of and happens on time. And if it doesn't happen on time, they can readjust the timings. So that was Tim's episode. That's what you can expect next week. Now, before we go, we have a very important thing to talk about. Wait, wait, wait. It's, not, it's not that important. It's interesting. Okay, fine. We have something very interesting to talk about. Is it very interesting or just interesting? Quite interesting. Okay, quite interesting. We have something quite interesting to talk about, and that is the new Facebook group. It's called Yes to I Do Your Wedding Planning Podcast Group. 
You can search for it on Facebook and it should pop up. If you can't find it, then it's linked to the page, which is Yes Do I Do, your wedding planning podcast. Uh, feel free to join it. It's got some exclusive content in there. You get a tease of the coming episodes in there. You get a little five-minute tease in there. Uh, and there's general chit-chat about wedding planning, I think, pretty much sums it up. Would you agree, Chris? Yeah, I think yeah, the biggest thing to take from it at the moment is that if you do, if you're listening to Sophie's episode just after it's come out and you're interested to hear a bit more about Tim's episode, it is already on there as a number of other teasers are as well. So, uh, yeah, they are recorded. We record ahead of time so you get to hear what is coming soon. Yep, uh, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Yes Do I Do. Please remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram using the tag at Yes Do I Do Podcast.